0: Are you all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Come along quietly or now. I will talk to you about. For there is nothing else. Some artists make it home. Yes. Bite upon it. Thank you. And now. Without. Hello there, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I am and always will be Albert Shivers, and what you just heard was the song Grandma by Rubik's Pube, a phenomenal, fantastic, and fun band from right here in PA, led by Vanessa Marciano, who is my very special guest on the podcast today. Before we get to my conversation with Vanessa, there's two orders of business I need to get through. First of all, Next week, June 24th, there is a big show happening in Emmaus, Pennsylvania. It is the King Coffee All-Star Extravaganza. Again, this is June 24th. Next week, don't miss it. You got Rubik's Pube, Nate Marks and the Squirrel Trappers, D-Smooth, along with a a lengthy, strong list of stand-up comedians that include Taylor Bernstein, Joey Tepidino, Kyle Neff, and the one and only Tony Viagra and more, but as an extra added specialty bonus gift, I will be displaying some of my art at this show as well, so you have music, comedy, and art all in one place, 506 Chestnut Street, Emmaus, PA, 6.30pm, till whenever we finish, once again, for the third time, Thursday, June 24th. Second thing I'd like to do, so Vanessa is now the leader of the band Rubik's Pube. She does the lead singing and plays guitar, but I want to quickly shout out the other two members of Rubik's Pube. I eventually want to have all of Rubik's Pube on the show in the future, but Rob Shepard on bass and Daniel Rivera on drums, who both are also phenomenal musicians. And you also just heard them on the track, Grandma. Now, actually a third thing. I'm going to shoehorn in a third thing. My last handful of podcasts, I've been a bit spoiled. Nate Marks brought his squirrel with him. Rabbi Melman brought his dog with him. And this time around, Vanessa brought a cornucopia of gifts that included some donuts, her CD as well as a ggm pamphlet i'm beginning to get spoiled people and i can get used to all these goodies people bringing over so i'm just saying if you haven't been on the show and you want to be on might you know might want to grease the wheels a little bit because people have been lately don't worry i'm only serious anyway donuts i think that was that was pretty great you're never going to go wrong with me with some chocolate frosted donuts, so Vanessa must have known something. And, by the way, this is the last week and a half. You can see my newest art at the Gamut Art Gallery in Strasbourg. That show ends June 27th, so try to make it there if you can, too. Let's get to the show. A great, insightful musician and truly a swell gal and a great person, Vanessa Marciano. What the hell do you think you're doing? Dragging your butt through the day, selling body and soul to a bunch of bland normals? Acting stupid so they'll think you're one of them? Tired of getting all of the guilt? But none of the sex? There is a simple answer, dear friend. A glowing beacon of slack amidst the turmoil and darkness. It's J.R. Bob Dobbs, the living slack master in his church of the subgenius. Alright folks, welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. I'm Albert Shivers, and today on the episode I'm very excited to have on fantastic musician, leader of Rubik's Pube. Vanessa Marciano. Thanks for doing the show, Vanessa. Hey,
1: yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm very excited for our conversation. And we'll start at the beginning. So, where are you from?
1: Um, Well, I was born in Naples, Florida. Um, okay. Yeah, I lived in New York for a little bit of my childhood. I came uh, and started school in the Poconos. And then I've always been in East Strasburg, Strasburg area, until okay. now. Cool. Um, Yep.
0: Where in New York?
1: Uh, Staten Island. I have family up there. Okay, that's, well, I'm from there too. Oh,
0: nice. So that's cool. This other Staten Islander I've had. So <laughs> hey. that's, that's awesome too. Um, And so how long were you on Staten Island for?
1: Uh, not that long. Just like my
0: toddler years. Okay. Yeah, okay. I started school up here, so. Cool. cool. So then what led you into music?
1: Um. So I just like the guitar when I was a toddler. Like, my mom got me one for Christmas, and it was mm-hmm. kind of, like, cliche, like the movie, you know. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was, a, like, a pink acoustic guitar. And mm-hmm. I played it a little bit, you know, but obviously, like, I didn't have any direction. Um, and then I started taking lessons with uh, Don Mayer, who was teaching up here. He's, he was local. Now he mm-hmm. lives in Florida. Okay. Um, but I did lessons with him from, uh, five to like 14 or 15 years old. Like Mm -hmm. I, I stuck with him and it would be like once or twice a week. Um, but he had a very unconventional way of teaching. Um, it wasn't like, you know, straight in the books and stuff. We did a lot of like ear training and any songs that I liked, like growing up, like Mm -hmm. I was able to learn, you know, however I wanted by ear and we did sheet music. You know, when I started going into school, I did, um, the marching band and, like, the jazz ensemble Mm -hmm. and stuff, I played guitar in both, um, and I kind of took more of a formal approach to music in that regard, um, but, yeah, when I, uh, was about, I don't know, maybe, like, 13, 14, 15, my guitar teacher would take me out with his band, um, like, you know, they'd play at the bar or whatever, and, like, I'd sit in and play a couple songs with them, Mm -hmm. and, like, it was, like... I don't know. Some people would think that's like, oh, you're taking like a, t- like a little kid to the bar, but it's like, you know, it's, um, experience, you mm-hmm. know, I get over stage fright, um, yep. at a young age, which has like, helped me now. Yeah. Definitely. Um, he always used to do this thing and it's like very, uh, Mr. Miyagi-esque. He would okay. be like, you know, if you can light a flame of a lighter under your finger and like feel it, your calluses aren't hard enough and that mm-hmm. always like had like I had an aggressive approach to playing like guitar and then eventually bass um mm-hmm. and just having like you know playing hard getting good sound
0: yeah
1: um so I was playing guitar and then I picked up the bass and I was in a band uh, called feller and we still practice here and there but we were mostly a touring band okay. and um We did a lot of East Coast tours. We did uh, South by Southwest Mm -hmm. in Austin, Texas. Um, And I was just like picking up bass, learning more of uh, that. And then I started uh, Rubik's Pube. Uh, When COVID hit, it kind of pushed me in a direction. uh, We weren't able to tour, obviously. So we were more in the studio. I was more in the studio. Um, And then I'm... I've always played music with Dan, um, my drummer. Mm -hmm. And... Through, like, our childhood years, I've known him. And then I actually met Rob probably, like, over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started playing bass for us. And it just clicked. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, me and Dan have always had, like, musical chemistry. But, like, having Robin, like, we just had, like, this unique sound. And then uh, having the studio, we have a studio in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Nate come in, and who um, you had the uh, last yeah. on your last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we've been working with him and then I've been playing bass again for him which has like, really helped me just expand all my horizons and styles. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at now. I'm playing a guitar in Rubik's Pube and I sing and I play bass for Nate Marks.
0: That's, that's a good resume. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to jump all the way back for a second. Um, so what was it like for you to be invited up at these bars and at these um, these gigs with adults yeah and when you were so young um,
1: I mean obviously my parents knew my guitar teacher right. and you yeah. know right. uh, they would come out obviously as well to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be so nervous like I would just be a panicking child at the bar <laughs> and it was mm-hmm. like I, I, people would be like, oh that's so traumatic but like it is definitely something that has like stuck with me through everything mm-hmm. like every time I get on stage like. I don't fear, you know, what people are gonna think or like how I sound, which has led me into more of like a weird original music direction. Yeah. Cause you know I would go out and play like covers with him, like mm-hmm. uh, Rolling Stones or Clapton, you know, like mm-hmm. just like bar music that you yeah. hear up here. Um, but yeah, it helped me just like mentally be a performer.
0: Mm. I can understand that, cause if you can make it through that then it's, it's all, almost all downhill from there. Yeah. Like that sort of pressure at that age. And
1: yeah, yeah. It's just like mastering your skill, you know, like developing more of an image as a person
0: growing up and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, during COVID is when you, you said is when Rubik's Pew began, that project began? Yeah, like a year and a half ago. Okay. What, um Was it sort of like just born out of having all the downtime?
1: thing or um I had the idea in my head that I wanted to go like more of an avant-garde direction with music mm-hmm. I wanted to um put you know my original ideas out there I was you know in bands in high school where I'd write some stuff but it was more like uh like a, uh, emo and just like you know it was it was very like sad uh music and I wanted to have more of like uh, developed uh, moral and opinion and just like presence, you Mm -hmm. know, more than just, uh, stuff that's like catchy and uh, Mm -hmm. whatever stuff people want to hear. Um, and Dan and Rob backed that idea up. Like they love, you know, like seeing new stuff and playing Mm -hmm. new music. And, um, we just, I don't know. I front the band and I do a lot of the writing but so much of it is like the three of us equally contributing. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, we do the open mics and we'll have a different drummer sit in and like the songs sound great, but it's another musician's take right. on our songs, yeah. you know, and it's great to see that. But there is chemistry in a trio. I think people underestimate that, too.
0: Oh, definitely. And I've heard the, like, the exact zam- example that you're talking about. I've been there maybe a couple of times when it wasn't. It wasn't your usual drummer. It was it was someone else. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, sounds great, but there is, there is a sound that the three of you have, that I don't think anybody can just jump into. Yeah. And that shows just how almost even it is that you could sense the evenness of the music, that everybody's unique voice. Because I feel like each of you are pretty unique in the way that you play. And you're bringing that together for a music type that's very unique. Yeah. And I don't know, it all it all just comes through very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, um, I feel like a lot of the time you go out and you see a bar band and then it's like somebody's singing, okay, that's the singer. And then it's like, okay, yeah. the guitar and bass are playing some chords, I gotta play bass, you know, and they're yeah. just like making a sound. But I feel like if you see us perform live, like everybody is performing themselves. Like there's always something to look at. Like we I try to make a spectacle on stage, you know, like and people feel strongly about it, you know. Um they either really dislike it or they really like it. And like last night some guy said to me, um, at King Coffee in Emmaus, he was like, you know, I always watch you guys and I'm enticed, but I would never listen to your music. Like, if people ask me, like, do I like that music? Like, I would say no, but I can't help but watch you. And yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I don't know how to feel about that, but, like, I'm I'm still flattered, like, that yeah. it, we put
0: out such a unique presence. Yeah. And that's now, I feel like, in music, that's one of the most important things because there's so much talent mm-hmm. that... It's all almost getting flooded out by what is being made popular. Yeah. So, I think with any kind of art nowadays, you've got to find a way to be unique in yourself and be standing apart from what the norm is. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think any any emotion invoked, whether somebody likes you or doesn't, (laughs) is somewhat of like a success. Yeah, it shows...
1: That, like, your art's effective.
0: Yeah. When you guys started the idea, were these... The songs you had written, written after you guys formed the group?
1: Yeah, we started writing... I think I had, like, maybe two songs just to, like, kick us off. I was like, all right. And then, um, you know, Rob put put bass down. Dan would put his uh, King Kong drumming style behind Mm -hmm. it. And um, the first album we did was uh, People Died Today, which Mm -hmm. is, like, a very raw um, EP. And I would say it's just... uh, like an avant-garde punk style, but it has a very uh, uh, quirky production. You know, we mm-hmm. produced it ourselves. Um, and then our second album, we did a compilation uh, called Bob Comp One, and it's a Subgenius compilation album. Mm-hmm. And it has local acts on it, like uh, Nate Marks is on there, but it's mm-hmm. uh, others uh, people from the Church of the Subgenius that okay. put music together, and we just compiled that and like produced some of it. And that was our second album and then uh we had kind of like a, i had an epiphany just about like uh, making like teetering the line between something that's melodical and something that's like um strange you know like mm. where do people draw the line between like what pleases their ear and like what turns them off you know like people are like, oh, I'll listen to anything. And then you put on whale calls for 30 minutes and then suddenly they don't listen to everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, where do people kind of uh, see that? Like, where would they, where does their taste lie, you know? Mm-hmm. So I try to make our sound, um, I tried to develop a bit more into, like, this psychedelic playground of, like, just weird sounds, you know? And we put out um, our third album, Hypnostank, on April 24th and it's definitely has more um like algorithmically it has more common sounds and chord structure you know Mm -hmm. it's more like uh I wouldn't say poppy but you know it has more of that generic Mm -hmm. sound to it but still keeping our weird style of uh lyrical content and just
0: vibe (laughs) Mm -hmm. how did you guys come up with the name of the band
1: Oh, it was just, like, a joke thought, and I was like, man, like, because I, I journal, like, band names, you know, when right. I think of them, but I was just, like, at the bar, I was like, Rubik's Cube, that I drew, like, on a napkin, the cube with, like, the hairs, and mm. I was like, yeah, you know, it works. It does. And, and it reflects kind of, like, the playful nature of our shows and, and yeah. attitude. I,
0: yeah, and it's, it's catchy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It is catchy. Yeah, so you mentioned um, the sub genius thing. I don't I don't know much about it, mm-hmm. so you'll have to forgive. Yeah. More questions here and there. You can combine this into one answer if you want. Maybe say what a little bit of what it's about. I haven't. We haven't had the opportunity to talk about sub geniuses on the show yet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to kind of talk about it and do something different.
1: Yeah. Um, so actually. I uh, learned about the Church of the Subgenius through uh, Dan, my drummer, and his father, who's actually on the Bob Comp, is um, a uh, subgenius pope, because in this, the Church of the Subgenius is basically like a, um, people call it an established cult by nature, but it it is um, like a parody religion. Uh, I guess it would be comparable to like, Discordianism maybe, like in that mm-hmm. regard. Um, but it basically just takes like the algorithm of like religion and all of that and plays off of it. Um, we have like an, an icon, uh, Prophet Bob Dobbs, J.R. Mm-hmm. Bob Dobbs, who is like, you know, the, the uh, prophet mm-hmm. of the church. And I had just like read about it through uh, Dan and his dad, I was reading pamphlets and i became a part of it uh when i was pretty young i i got ordained in the church and i was like man this is awesome like oh it's it's funny it's mm-hmm. it's original you know and I, I was younger too so i was like man like this is a real taste of like original crazy weirdness mm-hmm. um and then i participated in an event called x day which is a uh subgenius holiday july 5th we uh are in hopes that the world will end and mm-hmm. we uh, get uh, get together and we wait for JR Bob Dobbs and the saucers to come and mm-hmm. basically save the sub geniuses and leave the pinks to be mm-hmm. on this rock and um, you know we get together every year and we we wait for the saucers they don't come we go next year and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but they do uh, they do live music they do live sound there's a lot of I guess what you would call performance art mm-hmm. um going on there and i remember going it was in ohio uh the first time i went and just seeing like all these people be like expressively just uh i don't know how do you say like uh almost like tribal humans you know like mm. just by nature letting loose making sounds like even if they're the most terrible sounds like we were you know in the middle of the woods just on a stage like mm. doing whatever you know and it was very expressive and, and very weird And I kind of had it, I I just, I wanted to pursue that. And it gave me inspiration to just like have a collective here, bring those like morals of like, like, why can't, why do we have to be in the woods to make these weird sounds? Like, why can't I just go out to the bar and like sit and start like rubbing stuff into my guitar and like, you know, so I kind of had that attitude after that. And um, Dan he does have that personality too of just like being expressively him you know mm-hmm. um we just decided to take that in like a direction that was before Rubik's pube though we were always like jamming on some weird stuff mm-hmm. and it was great to find Rob um he he fell right in
0: with that he loved it <laughs> so Bob Dobbs um I it's I find his imagery a lot of fun mm-hmm. that being based off of that very 1950s Life magazine. Yeah. Um, Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. Uh, do you know what made them choose that image?
1: Um, Well, that is a big part of it. Like, it's the yeah. generic. Like, you look at it and you're like, okay, I've seen that face before. Yeah. I've seen it somewhere. Yeah. And then, I mean, it kind of plays off of the algorithm of a cult, like you get, you op- like if you open your eyes to something, you're gonna see something, you mm. know. So it's kind of having Bob Dobbs as um, someone you can look at and feel like a familiarity. It kind of just like sets the tone for something that's supposed to appeal to mm. you know somebody having room for something, if that makes sense.
0: So what is the the concept of Slack?
1: um so a lot of people think it's like like a slacker slacking off but um the subgenius kind of interpretation of it is like spontaneous correct action okay so um spontaneously just doing the right thing without even thinking about it getting slack you know making making moves Mm um and i find that rubik's pube is a band that is very uh good at surfing the slack plane <laughs> how so um I it, it's um so this is like a very like diverse topic for me like I don't I don't talk about it often but like being a front woman you know mm-hmm. playing um the guitar and singing and, and I I think I'm awesome at it you know like yeah. I think I, I do it well um it's very rare And a lot of women, I feel like, don't want to acknowledge the advantages and disadvantages that we have uh, being, like, in the music community sometimes. Um, And I think the fact that it's rare could get you a lot of attention, luckily, but it could also get you a lot of negative attention. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, like, you know, uh, I have lucked out by just, like, being, like, um, very good at this and then, like, having, like, a strong, like, female presence to represent, you know? Right. But it also... I feel like it does get negative attention. Like, mm-hmm. um, this is pretty personal, but yesterday at King Coffee, like, it was great. Like, everyone was there. Everyone came out. But, like, I, on my way there, I had to call in the cops because I was getting, like, death threats from somebody on my way up there.
0: Really?
1: Yeah. And, and this is like the reality that I live in that I don't like to talk about you know but I think unfortunately a lot of it has to do with being female too Hmm. Um, yeah it's a rough world but I really think that uh, Bob is on my side when it comes to making music you know even if I'm dealing with crazies and getting you know like
0: yeah that's crazy and we, we can go in deep into it as you would want But was this something related to your, to your music? Um, it was was somebody I knew
1: personally, but it Mm -hmm. was not relating to my musical content. It was, um, I would say some people like to find weaknesses, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, like prey on that. And really, my only weakness is, like, my ability to play music. I would never want that compromised. Yeah. And some people find a way to, to compromise that, you mm-hmm. know? So even if it's not about what we're playing or what we're doing, um, like, personal life sometimes mm-hmm. can reflect, like, your stage presence oh, and yeah. life.
0: There's probably a good amount of people now, There's they think because there's more bands mm-hmm. with a bigger female presence or a female lead that they're more apt to not believe that there's still things that you'll have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, yes, that's basically what I'm saying. Like it, it, it's not, um, just like a blessing or anything, you know, like there's, yeah, there's a bunch of people out there. Um, and I learned that touring too. Like you meet a lot of different people that mm-hmm. just, um, it sucks. You, I feel like, and this is for anyone, this isn't just for women, but you do something cool and it, sometimes it puts like a target on your back for the wrong person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And that's like, um, honestly, like part of people die today, like reflects that kind of just like pain of like, is this what I want to do? Like noise show, uh, mm-hmm. craziness.
0: Mm-hmm. It would be one thing if you guys were just the average bar band, but Mm -hmm. the fact that you're now throwing a lot of original music out into the world adds probably another element to that
1: yeah and the content we put out is really not controversial it's playful yeah. you know like um i can read off some of our song names uh, but we have like spinning top the battle to the death between corn chowder and jager bombs <laughs> like the fall things which is about like you know uh people hanging out in the fall and turning it turning into like a blood sacrifice like it's like mm-hmm. a halloween song you know and then um, I have a song called uh, Men Eating Ice Cream and it's just, and it kind of plays on the um, way that kind of people and like some men just like uh, over-sexualize a woman on stage. And it's yeah. and, and it's a playful song about me like creeping in the ice cream parlors mm-hmm. and just like looking at guys eating ice cream. And it's, and it's silly, but I don't actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it does like reflect like... People, uh, I feel like when I play it live, like, men look at me and they're like, oh, what? And I'm like, yeah, you're looking at me on stage probably yeah. having some, like, type of way, you know? Especially, like, up here, it's just, like, a bunch of uh, very, like, uh, I want to say, like, uh, old-fashioned, like, older yeah. people. Cause they're, you know, like, they... Yeah. yeah very, yeah. Some people are uncivilized, too. So,
0: it's yeah. just, like, a little little nudge, mm-hmm. you know? So... Given all that, and uh, I've seen you guys perform, not knowing any of that, I would have said that you and the other rest of the band have, like, have the world by the balls like, almost. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, what I'd like to put out. Yeah. So, what what is is it the music that that makes you get up there and just completely go for it? What is it about it? that with all these little problems that you have to deal with makes it worth it to get up there
1: I feel like um, honestly music is my purpose here on earth I feel like my class as a mythical human being is a (laughs) bard to entice people with music you know and I feel like when I'm not like fulfilling that especially now like with original music like I'm not Doing well, I like, mm-hmm. I feel like it definitely corresponds with like my mental health. Like if I stop making music, if I stop being creative, like mm-hmm. you know people hit walls and they it just goes downhill. Right. So it's always been since my childhood like a coping mechanism, a therapeutic. Like mm-hmm. going on stage is very meditative for me because it's just focusing on one thing, you know, for extended amounts of time, and that thing happens to be something I love, and. Um, yeah music is just integral to all parts of my life all the time
0: yeah it shows
1: and then and after last night like Mm -hmm. i said like i am it's just like any time i go on stage could be the last time i'm on stage you know too like you really just got to give it your all all the time because our time here is limited and when i see people come out to our shows like the turnout at king coffee last night i Like, I I just get butterflies. Like, it makes me so happy to know that people are supporting me doing this. You know, for every one person who's trying to stop me, there's, whatever, 50 people who are for me, you know? yeah, It's just great.
0: That tends to be a downfall of any artist, is that we can hone in on the one person that doesn't like it when there's so many people who do. Yeah,
1: and they don't deserve that energy or or power and no um artists should have to put themselves through that because an opinion's an
0: opinion yeah so on the flip side of this what was some what's what's some of your best experiences on stage
1: oh man um well i would say like touring with feller was some of the best like places i've ever seen we okay. did um that's an- another group that you were yeah with? yeah uh- they um oh they're they're such great people I love them so much but I was playing bass for them Mm -hmm. um and we played at this place uh super happy Funland in Houston Texas and Mm -hmm. it was uh before we did uh South by Southwest and it was just like I don't even know how to describe it like a massive Mm -hmm. warehouse of all uh, murals and art and a big stage Mm -hmm. and they had this like huge wall of just like raggedy ands and raggedy Andy's and like oh. big statues like buddha oh. cat like, uh, like kittens like real kittens running around like i love cats too so like any venue with a cat is already like my favorite um but yeah that was a great show um as far as with rubik's pube we uh we throw shows at our studio you were uh there in april when we released yeah. Hypnostank and mm-hmm. And uh, we always have, like, uh, the theme dress to express. We love, Mm -hmm. like, people, you know, dressing up and just expressing themselves being weird. Um, Which is definitely uh, something I drew, like, from X-Day. We'd have, like, you know, uh, costume uh, balls and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's just a great way of, you know, doing that. We have uh, visual art. So... Uh, I know you put some of your art into yeah. our, our last show and yeah, was it, awesome. it was great yeah and it, and they have great turnouts because we, we um, also do like comedy at our studio with the shows mm-hmm. and music and just to have all of that um, it really draws all the artists together in the community mm-hmm. and um, that's why I love like that I've been in Strasbourg my whole life because I feel like I'm so rooted in the musical community here Right. And it's just, there's so much going on. Like, you could play, you know, the same, whatever, like, hits on the radio. Or you could go mm-hmm. to the open mic and listen to people who, like, live down the street that have just been, you know, some people I meet, they've just been sitting in a room playing music. They're, like, yeah. a musical orphan and no one's found them. Right. You know, we play at, um, uh, myself and, and Nate Marks, we play at the uh, Quakertown Flea Market. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met a guy, uh, James Kleinman. And he's, you know, he j- he doesn't really, I guess, uh, he says he doesn't go out much, but he sits down and he gets on the bass and he's just like, Les pulling it up, like just, yeah. boom. and I'm like, man, you know, so many people are just sitting and they don't know what to do. And yeah. I, I really think like open mics around the community, like people uh, underestimate them, you know, but yeah. it's such a, pl- a great place to meet like
0: other artists. Yeah. And... We're lucky enough that there are a lot of open mics around here. Yeah. And there has been. I've been here since Mm -hmm. 2012-ish. And um, I've never been around a place that just was so many per capita. Yeah. You know, and the variety of it. You know, from the deer head to the living room. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a lot of music up here, I'm sure. You know, was it always that way for you growing up? Did you always have outlets like that? Was um, there always a lot of music around?
1: Well, I lucked out because I had my guitar teacher who would take me. The first place we played, um, I don't know if you remember, on Main Street, there was a bar, a restaurant called Molly's. Yes. Yeah, that was the first place I ever played out, and mm-hmm. like I was like trembling about uh-huh. it, but um, he would always play on the Main Street and stuff, so mm-hmm. then as I grew up, I was like, let me look back into these, like, you know, bars and places that have like the open mics. They aren't just booking and, um, meeting more people. It just, it just is networking and it grows. And then I've been going to the old mill pub for so long. Um, but I forget how long Nicholas DeSales has been doing it. I would say over two or three years he's been hosting there. Um, like I've been going there for probably four. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, just really admire the atmosphere there too. Cause yeah. you see, you see this bar in the middle of nowhere and it's kind of mm-hmm. just like, okay, like a middle of the Hills, like mountain bar. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these artists come in on a Tuesday night and bring all <laughs> yes. these styles, yeah. like, and just all these different uh, thoughts and music and so much to the table. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: it's, that's going to be, I feel like, especially coming out of, of covidness. Mm-hmm. I was had this thought the other day that when we're all just like old people mm-hmm. sitting around remembering, like we're gonna talk about. Oh yeah. This, you know, twenty 2020, twenty 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 one at the old mill pub, <laughs> when the world is just silent and has stopped. Yeah. Here's this little place just beaming with artists Absolutely. and music from all
1: over the place. And, and like this is m- my personal opinion but um, Nick and the Contact Collective like they are phenomenal and I know that a lot of them uh, play in the church together and mm-hmm. they have a very spiritual connection to music and I think that really projects out to the atmosphere of like the open mic when people yeah. are there it is like a spiritual space and that's mm-hmm. my opinion because I-, I feel that way towards music too mm-hmm. um, I think that when Rubik's Cube plays not only are we like you know, testing limits of sound and stuff, but it's also kind of like spiritual for me. Um, I had a girl once come up to me and she was, she was uh, really high on mushrooms and she was crying and she was like, I'm so sorry. I missed your set. Like I feel terrible. And I was like, and, and I, I didn't know what to say. I was kind of mm-hmm. overwhelmed, but I was like, you know, like we make a sacred space when we play that three of us share. And that's our attitude towards that. And it's confirmed. Like, If you are out doing something outside, talking to trees or whatever, like, you are having a moment, and we're Mm -hmm. having a moment. You don't have to be watching us. Like, I am still happy you were, like, because she said she was outside, like, having a, whatever, like, a moment to herself. And I said, like, I'm still glad that that happened to you simultaneously. Like, that Mm -hmm. makes me feel good, and, you know, you could watch watch the video for performance i don't right. care you know like it's it, it is what it is but i really feel strongly about that um making this sort of uh, spiritual space because what i experience on stage is what some people would i mean i know a lot of people who play music say it's like almost like just a telepathic plane mm-hmm. of communication because only not only is it um the communication of, like, okay, we're going to go to this part, we're going to go to that part, but it's the... um So the fact, like, that I can say, like, Granny Smith apple to mm-hmm. you, and you're right. thinking of a Granny Smith apple in your head, like, right. I'm making these sounds, but you have this image in your head. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's simple magic. So the mm-hmm. fact that I can say words on stage, but also make sounds that are subjective to an audience, mm-hmm. I think there's so many layers of uh, just things going on that's more than surface-level music, if you, you know, have that uh, open mind to it.
0: Yeah. Now, it is... That's an interesting way to put it as simple magic, because that is... It's very true.
1: Yeah, it really... Communication, like, it's so bizarre to, like, think of it conceptually, and then, like, there's so much more you can do with it, too, as a performer, and, like, you're guiding people's attention, so you... The more well versed you are in that, the yeah. better you're gonna get. Um, you're better you're gonna do.
0: Mm-hmm. So where, um, what are your future plans for Rubik's Pube and, and um, performing, if you have any? That's
1: yeah, of... I mean, we're trying to get another Bob Comp out. Okay. Yeah, so we're working on that. Um, I have a friend of mine, Reverend Negative. He does a he did a remix on the first Bob Comp, and it was our song. If I were a horse. And he, like, chopped it up and made it so, like, like house music kind of, like, dancey And I was so <laughs> flattered by that. I was like, it was so cool. But he writes original music. His band is called uh, uh, Sub-G Kids. Okay. And um, they're a sub-genius band as well. Uh, but they do original music, so I work with him. We're uh, working on a second Bob Comp, too. It's going to be nice. great. Um, and then, hopefully, you know, if uh, stuff opens up, I want to book a tour.
0: Okay.
1: Um rubik's pube is playing at uh x day this year which is going to be in nice. florida it's going to be in uh land lakes florida which okay. is uh new for us it's a new place mm-hmm. but uh yeah. we're looking forward to it we got it.
0: so it's is that show. would that be the first time um you went anywhere like of that distance with rubik's pube yes yep okay. yep
1: it'll be like our
0: first uh
1: you know, I mean, it's not a tour because we're just playing there, but, right, you know, but we're traveling awesome. together. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like a bonding definitely. experience. We're yeah. looking forward to it. It's
0: gonna cool. be great. And that's in the summer.
1: Uh, yeah, that's uh, July fifth.
0: Okay, at those festivals. Um, so you mentioned that you guys all wait at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of is the music very diverse?
1: Um, the music is diverse. We have, like, some people do, uh, you know, piano playing and, like, original, like, songs, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of them are, well, there's some, like, you know, like, church hymn music to, like, kind of parody, like, mm-hmm. being a church, you know. And right. a lot of them allude to, like, saucers and space and, mm-hmm. like, the uh, uh, almost, like, 1950s sci-fi aesthetic. Right. Um, so there's, like, church music and then there's um, more of the, how would say, like, devolved music if that makes sense, where people are just getting on stage on the late hours and just playing electric ukuleles, theremins, okay. like two drum kits. Cause why not? Someone's just hitting a metal sign.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: it's just sound. And if you consider it sacred sound, then everyone's having a great time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be the, uh, cult stigma is that everybody has the same opinion on, you know, self-expression and, we all unite on this mm-hmm. to make, uh, you know, be cool and open portals and make uh, cool sounds, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. No, and it sounds like super open, too. Like, in oh, your yeah. um In your agreements on things, it is to be open.
1: And Yeah, and all these people are such, like, uh, all the people I've met through the church are so creative and just original people who are truly a product of, like, their experiences and their, like everything, the things they like, and just very intelligent, uh, awesome people that just kind of have an excuse to let loose sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody takes their experiences back with them. But I really felt inspired to do so and just like continue on like, just being expressive and weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, like, I, I don't know, I, I like the opinions of people and how they react to something they haven't seen before mm-hmm. especially when it's done by a woman it's like you know I a lot of uh, people like I, I go into I go in a guitar center and I feel like uh, I get a, a underestimated I, I asked for you know are you hiring and he's like we don't need people on the show, showroom floor we don't need people selling stuff and I was like okay well I do repairs and I do lessons so that's like what I was going oh, yeah. for and, he, and his whole demeanor changed and he was like oh well you can go online blah, 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 blah. we have like these openings these open I was like you know wow, like yeah. yeah so I, I wonder weird. how much of that is just like people's judgment
0: yeah that's a pretty obvious one yeah <laughs> that's a real yeah one. and
1: I yeah um so yeah I I would like I love having that uh, as something to stand for just like females doing their thing not caring you know yeah. Yeah, because sh-
0: that's the way it should be. That's absolutely, should be. absolutely. So, is there any overlap for you um, with your music and the Sub Genius?
1: Um, okay, so I became a Sub Genius before I started Rubik's Pube, but Rubik's Pube was definitely inspired by stuff I've learned and just gotcha. like the attitude I've developed mm. after doing that. Um, but yeah, it. it happened after ruby <laughs> poop happened after. I found right. I
0: at the I, I guess what I meant what I meant to ask um, is which you also answered was how the subgenius has maybe affected your creativity.
1: Yeah, it's definitely just like taking a piece of my expressive self back and being able to channel it like, you know, we're having this conversation now and I'm mm. not like hooting and hollering like right. I am on stage, you know, yeah. but being able to just do that and not care about the opinions of other people like not care about the opinions of what subgenius call the pinks mm-hmm. the pink boys like i i you know i know i'm part of not just the church of the subgenius but the musical community of people yeah. who support me you know and yeah. i and not that i need that but it's nice like it makes you feel good as a performer to have that kind of yeah. backup and and I know some people like uh, myself and and Nate Marks like we both share like people like kind of challenging that and like conflicting that like does help us too like we don't like to just have everything like sugar-coated you know we don't like Mm -hmm. people coming up to us and being like yep that was good you know like we like people being like what the hell was that or like Mm -hmm. why aren't you you know like play some real music or or whatever people you know like to there's a lot Mm -hmm. of different opinions about it but um I, I appreciate the contrast. I, I do. Yeah. I, I don't mind uh, criticism.
0: We were saying before, the fact that anything one creates can evoke any kind of emotion, mm-hmm. as hard as it may be to swallow sometimes, is a good thing. Like It's a win because you got something out
1: of that person. Yeah, and that they will probably remember it, even if they didn't like right.
0: it. Yeah. And a lot of times people come around... You know, there have been times when, more so with movies, when I've seen a movie and I really didn't like it, it would stick with me somehow and it would bug me for a while and then I'd feel like, okay, well, why don't I like it? What, like, obviously this this made me feel that way, Mm -hmm. why? And many times in that pursuit of why, I end up liking the movie. Yeah. After like deconstruct I'm like, oh well that was a weird thing to not like and if this is the reason, you know, give yeah. it another chance.
1: And I think that's an advantage of being an artist, like me and you are right. able to kinda of open up to like, okay, how is this made? Where are they
0: coming from? Not just like, I don't like this. Right. It makes me feel you know, like yeah.
1: we're able to break it down and have more of like an unbiased opinion, I think.
0: Yeah. And I think we sort of by putting things out there that might be weird and might generate lots of different comments. Mm-hmm. I use the term callous. I don't know if I'm not totally content with it, but it builds a little bit of a callous on you that lets you be a little bit freer. Definitely, yeah. Are, like it that something that is protecting you from the comments that you should not to listen to anyway. Yeah, yeah
1: and and that's kind of what I refer to like with me and Nate like the the, the fighting like strengthens our shell if yeah.
0: that makes sense yeah we come in from a place of more understanding about it yeah because each artist has experienced something similar at some point you're gonna hit that right like you're gonna have to somebody at some point is not gonna I like gonna your that. art yeah so that is just part of the path you just Finding your way to Bob and weave yeah. as best you can,
1: and that's why I I see you know you could go up. I see some people, and you know it takes all sorts of people in the world. You know it it really uh, takes balls to get on stage and do your thing. But a lot of people will get up, you know, acoustic guitar, sing a couple covers, and everyone's like, "Good job, good job, good job, good job," you know. But it, I I couldn't see myself like in any uh, just mundane loop or like an echo chamber of people that agree with me, you know? Like yeah. I, I really like to hear it all. Yeah. And I think everyone has experience with that and should appreciate the contrast too. This is W.E.V.A. in New York.
0: Do you have a problem? They call the, the problem solvers. Taxes got you down, wasping your crawl space. Turn paper blues, migrating implants. Call the problem solvers. Cause after all, what's a problem but an opportunity disguised as a stripper having a seizure on your boat? Mouse in your house.
1: Or need a cheap flight to Tucson. We, we are, are the, the
0: problem. problem solvers. solvers. That was a good rehearsal. Now let's record it. You
1: are listening to the first station on your dot. WCNW operating on a frequency of fifteen hundred kilocycles in Brooklyn, New York.
0: Who were some of like who are the bands you were listening to? Who were some of your influences um, in music?
1: Yeah, prior to Rubik's Pube, I was uh, introduced to a lot of, like, obviously, like, avant garde music. The uh, The Residents okay. are great. I love yeah. them. And uh, I love Primus, and mm-hmm. Devo's one of my favorites. Um, as far as uh, newer newer musicians go, I'm a big fan of Ty Siegel. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of him. He's mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a, just modern psychedelic rock um but he i admire him a lot because he plays with a lot of other artists and Mm. um while he still has a style you can see like the change between albums with the people he works with you know and and he's a great guitarist and Mm. the style you know I, i appreciate that um yeah, I am a big fan of like Fred Frith as far as bass. Uh, okay. I think he's awesome, and like Les Claypool obviously yeah, Primus. Right. So you can kind of see that in some of the Rubik's pube sound, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is also like um, my taste, Dan's taste, and Rob's taste combined because. Dan's King Kong. He loves metal. He mm-hmm. loves like heavy, you know, drumming, just like aggressive stuff. Right. And then uh, Rob has more of like a, a like a alternative kind of like I like the 80s, but he has like a 80s 90s feel to him, you mm-hmm. know. And and I think those three things like also contribute to our sound. You can see yeah. like hints of me liking Primus. you can uh, see obviously Dan's into metal and right. like Rob's, you know got the demeanor of like how like you know like talking heads or something yeah. like that, you know. Mm-hmm. so I, I think it's it's definitely something that's like uh, different but compatible um, okay. and yeah. I I listen to everything though honestly like you I I know like I'll hang out with Brother Bear and like I'll put some rap music on I'm like yes Mm -hmm. like and like I can see it too inspire him which inspires me too I'm like yeah so I I really do listen to everything.
0: In those early days playing all those classic rock covers do you feel that infiltrated into your creative process at all Um, or not so much?
1: A little bit, like I feel like my parents were very like uh, cookie cutter, just classic rock. Like this mm-hmm. is what's up. To like they showed a lot of that to me, and it like helps me like like just rebel against it once I realized right. I could. It was like I'm gonna find the weirdest music, right. and then I you know I I got into just all sorts of uh, weird uh, John Zorn like composers of okay. of uh, you know um, uh, jazz. I love jazz, but also like he does. Uh, organized noise and just mm-hmm. like chaos too. So um I being raised on the you know, the hits made me really want to challenge like why do people just like the hits?
0: Yeah.
1: And kind of like uh contrasting the Semen off of that, like Rubik's people will do covers and right. um we do uh sometimes we do uh the Devo and Gut Feeling or mm. uh we're working on uh, Godzilla. Uh, by Blue Oyster Cult okay, and then nice. um, uh, what's the other one we do we do uh, Hello Skinny in Constantinople which mm-hmm. is done by the residents and Primus which <laughs> I, I love both versions of mm-hmm. it so when we cover that though it's still like our own version of that right. Like, it, and we might like use you know some references and stuff but we still make it original
0: hmm. yeah and I think that's that's the way to do it Keep, give it its integrity of the original tune, but put some Rubik's Cube on it, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Who, like, um, you mentioned a couple of, like, curb bands. What are some, some, like, peers, some groups you've played with that have been inspirational?
1: Um, when I was with Feller, I played with a bunch of bands that, like, really inspired me to do my own thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cause is a new jersey artist and he plays with different bands i know uh one lineup is uh john cause and the rippers and he sings about you know like uh being from new jersey being italian (laughs) he likes hot dogs like Mm -hmm. just stuff that i'm like hey okay like whatever i can get down with that and um that he's very unique I, i i really like him he has a pizza bagel records and he'll share okay. Rubik's Pube stuff, you know, which is nice because we get our name in Jersey even though we don't play out there right now mm-hmm. um, I played a show with this band called the Sonderbombs mm-hmm. and they're from Akron, Ohio and um, the lead person Willow, uh, they're amazing like they're, they just the whole group is, they have such a great dynamic, mm. um yeah, I'm trying to think of like other obviously the people around here, like I love Brother Bear, right. like he always he's so uh like versatile, like he could just fall into anyone he be, like to back him up, like right. he can just like change his vocal style, you know, he mm. does so much stuff. So I, I I also um I view Nate as like a, a an equal to me too, like mm. because of our opinions towards performing and the type of show yeah. we put on too. Right so um i I consider the squirrel trappers like a rubik's pube sister sister brother sister band you know you want to see us most of the time wherever rubik's pube is like squirrel trappers are and it's kind of because we're the same members you know but it's also like uh the style is there it's it's parts of the same show which might be called a circus show but still a show
0: There is nothing, nothing that quite, quite hits the spot, so Your family will like it a lot, so When they're set to eat, just give them this treat Maryshev, it's American Matzo so. M-A-N-I-S-C-H-E-W-I-T-Z Have you ever gone to the, the Deerhead?
1: Open mic? You know, I've never... I think I've been in there maybe once. Like, I've never been to the open mic, though. I Yeah, I've been... It's something I've been wanting to, like, for years. So...
0: Yeah. You should. I think you should. Yeah. I think they need some Rubik's (laughs) Cube.
1: Yeah, it would definitely be weird. Like, I don't know what kind of music goes on there. If it's just jazz or if it's the open mic, or is
0: it? I've never been either. From my understanding, it's mostly jazz. I mean, people go there and will do um, like solo acoustic sets yeah. that aren't necessarily jazz. I've wanted to go, and I've just never, i just never made it. It's weird. Yeah. As big as much of a jazz head as I am. Yeah. I've never. And been it's there. you
1: know it's the oldest jazz club in like North America or like yeah. or like that. Yeah. I
0: had, um, I didn't buy it because of this, but I bought this jazz album, um, Rex Stewart, who was um, a trumpeter for a bunch of different band leaders, and then he had his own solo career. So I bought this record just because I wanted something of his, and the back of it was a whole write-up on the, the deer head Yeah. about how, like, how much of a hub it was. I believe it, yeah. Because I know that... So there... Have you heard of the catacombs and the tunnels? Mm-hmm. Okay, so those... One of their functions was for bootlegging under the Sherman Theater. Okay. Um, because the Sherman Theater would get acts like Laurel and Hardy, or different comedians, or maybe a music act. More like theater, though, back then. It was more like comedies, or they'd show a movie... And there was so much travel, this is before Rudeity, but there was so much travel up here and it was so easy to bootleg, because mm-hmm. you just got the right guys to come up here, they would get treated to a show or whatever, people's palms would get greased, yeah. and off they'd go back into the city. And they used a lot of the tunnels and things for bootlegging and running it through those basements. And there are a lot of houses, like the old houses. A friend of mine rented an apartment in, like, one of the older big houses that was right in the vicinity of the Sherman. And the apartment is full of, like, little trap doors. Yeah, yeah. Whether it was in the attic, in floorboards, just like, little spots.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like... So... I, I'm into, like, conspiracies and stuff, okay, yeah. but, like, there's definitely, like, a bunch of people I talk to around here that are, like, convinced about, like, just the tunnels under Strasbourg, mm-hmm. like, where they go, what's up with that, like, yeah. and <clears throat> it's funny, but I just, when I started taking guitar lessons, it was at, uh now it's Morpheus music okay. on Ant Street, but yeah. it was precision music, um mm-hmm. like, a while ago. And my guitar teacher was like, yeah, like, there's underground tunnels, like, all in Strasbourg yeah. And, like, there's part, like, he showed me, like, downstairs, there's, like, this door and it just looks like a dirt tunnel, but, like, it was a door yeah. with a dirt tunnel. And he's like, yeah, this is, like, one spot of it. And I was, like, and I was a kid, I was like, whoa! Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, all right, yeah, don't go away, but right. But, like, it, it's, I wonder where, because the courthouse is here, you know, like, yeah. the schools and stuff, like, mm-hmm. I think there's, yeah. like, creatures down there that, like,
0: those, I hope just, there like, are. On I, it. I, I, like, want I want to be, believe in that. Because
1: there has to be like if there's so many places with doors and stuff, like there has to be outdoor yeah. doors and stuff. Right.
0: I know. I've seen an entrance underneath the altar. Like they, because they had a bunch of things just piled up, like from generations, yeah. and generations of renters that would just leave things in the basement yeah. to rot. So there was, like, doors and, like, wind-broken windows and, like, everything piled up against this, and he, like, moved it aside. And it was, like, it started out about, you know, like a refrigerator size entrance, but you could see that it it expanded out as you went in. Um, But at that time, like, I was in no... Like, I wasn't, like, I'm not ready to go in there yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But um, it would be interesting. It would be... I don't know what you'd find.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you, what do you think about the building on oh, be 7th Street, maybe? Uh, the, like, fake Verizon building. Do you know what I'm talking about? It says Verizon, yes. but the checkmark is not a Verizon checkmark. Right. Do you think anything of that building? Because I swear to God, like, I... Drive past, like, like I'll drive past it and like my radio cuts out every time. I'm like, Hoo. but then, like, it's yeah. only the lights are on at night all the time. Yeah. Like, there's it's never a thing. Like, it's just like, I, I swear, like that. And then, like, another, like, uh, spaceheads conspiracy thought of mine is uh-huh. the um intersection by the Stralsburg High School. Okay. And I think there's, I think there's uh, more to. Like, the fact that there's an elementary school, a high school, a nursing home, and a cemetery. Like, all around one intersection. Like, I don't know. That just... It's always been eerie to me. Um, Me and my friend, actually, we we went up to Canada, and we were sleeping in the same room, and we had a dream the same night that we met at that intersection and had a conversation. And we woke up, we told each other we Mm. had this dream that we were talking, and it was, like, the same same exact thing like dream like both sides of it but that that's always been like a weird spot in Strasbourg for me I'm like man I think there's something energy vortex there or something
0: it definitely is because I never quite thought of it in that term that you have the whole life process there <laughs> yeah but like that's quite the tr- Bermuda Triangle of Strasbourg <laughs> yeah and yeah I, I don't know either about that Verizon building I've never seen anything happen there yeah and it doesn't Really fit in with the architecture. Yeah,
1: either. like and and I feel like I see things all over Strasbourg, like close and reopen, close and reopen. Like that's been yeah. the same, right? Like,
0: yeah. And it's an odd, like it's an odd thing to just be like plop there, like a Verizon building. Really. Yeah,
1: with no real Verizon, like checkmark. Like the checkmark literally looks like white masking tape. Like someone just yeah. like.
0: Jim Caranga of Watts, California, is eating a bowl of Ethereal Cereal, the heavenly breakfast food. Jim, did you know that Ethereal Cereal has twice as much vitamin B as any other leading cereal? Ethereal also has the added punch of .002 ESP units of pectin. No shit! What shows do you guys have coming up?
1: we have we are playing the uh pride festival here in stralsburg on okay. uh june 6th and then june 12th we're playing in albrightsville uh at pine ridge fest okay. and that's that's a great uh lineup it's all like local talent local cool. local bands um i know brother bear is going to be there Nate mm-hmm. marks we're playing uh uh, another a uh, three the hard way I don't know if you've ever seen them oh. it's uh Tyrone Bradley on the drums and uh, Lions got that uh, bodyless Steinbeck bass yes. yeah yeah, yeah yes. so they're yeah. playing they're, they're awesome okay. um but yeah there's a bunch of people playing uh that's gonna be great and then uh, we got X day on July 5th nice and that might be our last gig before really? the end of the uh. world <laughs> I know, so
0: people better see you. Yeah, we gotta come out and see
1: us. And we're always at, um, you know, the Old Mill Pub in Mm -hmm. uh, Scioto on Tuesday nights with uh, Nicholas D'Souza and uh, King Coffee in Emmaus uh, Wednesday nights. They have a great open
0: mic, great crowd. Yeah, that was really cool. I enjoyed their whole setup.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. They always have art hanging up and uh, Mm -hmm. it's just like a small place I want to support, you know, it's, it's... um, not a place that would get large crowds all the time so if i have the ability to like feature like we did last night Mm -hmm. and bring a huge crowd like that like that place deserves it like small coffee shops Mm -hmm. you know like just working with the community in in different Mm -hmm. ways is like makes me feel great about what i'm doing i hope it works out like Mm -hmm. that like i just i want to see music and art you know thriving Mm -hmm. again um i know covid pushed a lot of people into the studio which is good like i think Mm -hmm. it helped people like you know, be creative and have time to think.
0: Um, exactly.
1: But I'm ready to go out and show people the yeah. Rubik's Pube. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you guys are playing a show. Uh, I don't know if it's super confirmed yet. We could always cut it out. Okay. But are you, you're you playing a show at the end of June? Oh,
1: yes, June 24th it? at King Coffee. Yeah. Yes. We were, mm-hmm. And it's going to be uh, music and comedy going on there. We're going to hopefully have uh, different comedians. We have a. Uh, Joey Tepidino and, you know, Nate Marks also does yeah. comedy. Yep. Um, and hopefully uh, Taylor Bernstein, he does uh, musical comedy, okay. too. Uh, and uh, Dee Allen's going to be doing music and nice. she's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you saw her, yeah, yeah. She Her pitch is, like, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She's got great, like, pipes and guitar skills. Um, but, yeah, we're looking forward to that, too. King Coffee's a great place. Mm-hmm. I support it all the way. Nate introduced me to their... And Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I got to show you stuff in Strasbourg then. But um, it's great. Like when you meet someone too, like with connections in a different whole area, like even like having the studio in Bethlehem, like it opened me up to like a whole different community of people Mm -hmm. than just like Main Street and Strasbourg and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it seems mm -hmm. like a lot of people are cross pollinating. Yes. And people from there are coming here and we're going down there. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned Nate before we go, we'll talk about the squirrel trappers a little yeah. bit. As a member of the squirrel trappers. Yes. How'd you how how'd you become a squirrel trapper? Um so I
1: met Nate about uh like a, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Uh he was playing. I was hosting at this place called Blend in Bath. I don't know if you've ever been there. I haven't been. Um definitely check it out. Okay. They do like artists, artwork and stuff. Um Jen Bertram is, like, the owner and host, and, and she does phenomenal events. She does, like, you know, nice. she'll do, like, yoga, sip and mm-hmm. paint, uh, comedy open mic, music open mic. Okay. So I was um, hosting the Halloween night uh, music open mic, and I saw Nate Marks, and he came up to me, and he was like, this is going to be the best fucking show you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Yeah. And I was like, all right, I won't smoke my cigarette. I'll stay in here. And I saw him and he pulled out these huge, uh, like, stringed instruments, like medieval, like, uh, sitar stuff. And mm-hmm. this kid dressed up in a big banana costume came on stage and they were just, you know, rubbing rubber chickens there's mm-hmm. the guitars. And, like, prior to that, I've only ever seen, like, you know, uh, all along the watchtower at the bar, you right. know? Okay. So I'm like, oh, my God, like, other weird people exist here. And I... You know, just jammed with him and learned his songs, and I picked up the bass. You know, and I was, I I was just so happy to meet someone who shared like a similar belief system in making music, and we both take it like seriously. Like it's not just a hobby to us; like it is our like purpose for being here, and like it it shows like we are a very tight duo, and Mm -hmm. when we have like you know we'll have Rob Shepard drum for us and. And it's whoever's in, uh, on stage at the time is a squirrel trapper, you know? But, uh, I've been continuously, like, performing with him, um, and I'm happy to. It's always great.
0: Yeah, What what is it like up there? Um,
1: well... <laughs> it's nice cause I'm not doing Rubik's pubes. So Nate's right. taking a, the grunt of the reaction right. and, and the pressure, Right, um, gotcha. which is why I love playing bass too. It's, it's relaxing for me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to worry about, you know, singing, playing guitar, yeah. you know, so, um, it's definitely a load off my shoulders, mm-hmm. even though the stuff he writes is so intricate and, um, like melodical. And yeah. I, I, it's still easy for me to play and not have to worry about being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always have fun. He's always got something new, like, planned, even if it's, like, to
0: the audience or on me, like, a new song yeah. we have not practiced. you know, like, mm-hmm. he keeps me on my toes. And you guys just played, um, some shows in Virginia, right? That's yeah, one. we just went down
1: to, uh, Virginia Beach. There was, uh, our friend Damian Wade was hosting at, uh, Keegan's mm-hmm. Bar, and, uh, it's, it was funny, like, there's a whole new region, obviously, and, like, people are so starved for original content like seeing new reactions new people I've never seen before like it's nice to just be like all right it's us versus them let's go you know Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about you know it's nice to go out and see the friends at the these local open mics and stuff but when you're just taking like this foreign task you know Mm -hmm. it's it's just like all right let's let's just do it you know we don't know anyone here there's nothing to lose and Mm -hmm. it was a huge success. We're awesome. probably going to go back there uh, in, like, a month or two. They want to get, like, our whole uh, Rubik's pube and Squirrel Trappers maybe do a show there oh, nice. or something. So, That's yeah, awesome. it's it's nice. We are like, oh, hey, let's go check out, you know, the beach or whatever uh, and play an open mic and then we have a connection. We meet people, you know, we network and then if for some reason we're going east or, or get down the east coast, you know, mm-hmm. and we gotta stop at Virginia Beach, it's like, hey, let's hit up Damian Wade you know Uh, it's it's just nice um I did a lot of touring with Feller and it was like uh, DIY venues which are Mm -hmm. like basically run out because of COVID like out of business almost so it's like I'm on this search for finding like unconventional places to play like whether Mm -hmm. it be like you know a a weird museum or like a hot dog place you know like just getting connections for people that also like music and feel similarly you know Mm -hmm. we can do our thing anywhere you know it doesn't have to be a a stage venue you know
0: so you also brought this with you we're not gonna, yeah, uh, without talking donuts
1: about it. and a pamphlet on yeah. Gigi Allen
0: cult. Yeah, no, this <laughs> brought the most gifts of any podcast cast. <laughs> which is awesome. This is the book of the Holy Church of Gigi Allen, punk rock god who threw shit in the faces of fucked up assholes. Yes, and that's pretty awesome.
1: It is made by uh, my friend who goes by uh, Mofo Paul. And his mm-hmm. girlfriend Katie, I'm, they, I'm so close with them, but they make these pamphlets. And uh, I, we have a song called uh, Gigi Allen at the Christmas Tree Farm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I gotta grab a few of those and stick them in our merch box. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're awesome. Very appropriate. I
0: remember checking out. Wow, 93. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So you can eat some donuts and read about Gigi Allen. That, no, that's a
0: good afternoon to me. <laughs> <laughs> Where can folks find your CDs and your music and such?
1: Um, we have Spotify. We have Apple Music. We have Bandcamp, all uh, Rubik's Pube. And we have, you know, if you see us at a show, we always have hard copies of our CDs. Cool. Um, we had hats going for a while, but I think we only have like one left. Mm-hmm. And um, what else we got? Got Napster. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, but um yeah, we have, like, YouTube videos. We have our performances on our YouTube, all Rubik's Pube. Our Instagram mm-hmm. is uh, Rubik's Pube, PA, all lowercase. And um, we have Facebook, Rubik's Pube.
0: Cool. Um, if people wanted to buy your music?
1: Yeah, you could do that on the uh, Apple Music or, or on uh, Bandcamp. Okay. You can... But items. best way is to
0: see you in person. Oh yeah, it,
1: you won't regret it. It's no life
0: changing. <laughs> and um, so you guys do the Sierra open mic Tuesday nights yeah. at the Old Mill Pub. Yep, yeah. and we'll see you guys on Wednesday nights at King Coffee in Ames. Mm hmm. And we're we're
1: night. trying to we're trying to. Uh, keep doing Friday nights at the Quaker Town Flea Market. At the, uh, there's a music store oh, in there right. called The Rock Den and they do Friday night open mics and it's such a hole in the wall, literally, but it's so cool. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Uh, we have such a good time out there. We meet all sorts of different people. So, yeah. Tuesday, awesome. Wednesday, Friday.
0: Cool. We'll put it in the info. Thanks so much for being Thank on you. coming on. It was so much fun talking with you. Yeah. Anytime. Thank you, folks, once again, for listening to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. It was very fun having Vanessa on and talking to her, getting to know her background a little bit and hearing what she's got coming up. It's my opinion that Rubik's Pube is on their way to the moon, and we might as well all get in at the ground floor and watch these three rise, along with Nate Marks and the Squirrel Trappers. They are all putting out phenomenal music right now in the moment live and in person that you shouldn't be missing now in case you can't see them live here's the list of all the social medias you could find out more first of all you can check out vanessa at vanessa march on instagram also on instagram at pube underscore of underscore rubix and at PA, which you could also find on youtube and don't forget Vanessa also plays along with other members of Rubik's Pube with Nate Marks and the Squirrel Trappers. You can find them on Instagram at Nate Marks and the Squirrel Trappers and on YouTube on the YouTube channel for Nate Marks. You can find my work on Instagram at Albert Shivers. Don't forget, for the fourth time, June 24th, extravaganza at the king coffee in emmaus all the information will be below check it out it's going to be a fantastic time you can find this episode and more of the planet shivers no frills podcast on all major podcast platforms and youtube once again thank you vanessa for being on the show it was great and thank you for the donuts and to everybody else out there take care of yourself and take care of somebody else